Hi, welcome to the first episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host, David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and this is the podcast where I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic 1980s sitcom, The Facts of Life, and then I hit record. We synopsize, we analyze, we hypothesize, contextualize, and very often criticize the show. This hopefully leads to other sidebar conversations about anything and everything entertainment, and hopefully you find it entertaining too. My guest for the very first episode is my friend Matthew Arder. He's a local theme park actor, a drag performer, a comedian. I've known him for almost a decade now. We've worked at some various theme park attractions together. I've been a fan of his Carol Channing tribute show and his drag alter ego, Carol Lee, who hosts Twisted Sisters Bingo at Hamburger Mary's in downtown Orlando every Tuesday night. And you can also find him performing wacky characters on the streets of uh, one or two well-known theme parks. And I'm very lucky that I have quite often been able to do that right alongside him. He's also a very gifted singer and musician, and he's just one of the funniest people I know. And we had so much fun, and I'm apologizing in advance for how many times I snort laugh in this. It's just, ugh, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, the, the episode we viewed was The Pilot, Season 1, Episode 1, called Rough Housing. Original air date was August 24th, 1979, because it's the first show... Uh, Matthew did some research. I I mean, he did it on his own. I was so honored he gave me that time. And as a result, we made a very deep dive, a pleasantly deep dive uh, into a lot of stuff around and about the show, but not about the episode itself. It's kind of just getting things started and ramping it up. Do not let this episode scare you away that it takes us almost 35 minutes before we start actually talking about the show. I promise in the future we'll get into shows a little bit better, but a little bit more uh, quickly. And um, this is just a one-time thing. Maybe at the beginning of each season we'll kind of do something like this. So without any further ado, here we go. Let's get it started. Matthew Arder. So here I am in the <laughs> studio with Matthew. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were going. I'm going. I'm we're, here. We've already started. Oh. We have just finished watching season one, episode one, The Pilot, the one that started it all. Heaven bless. Well, it's... It really wasn't as terrible as you would think, was it? Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, you, you, you think of it, and you're like, oh, that was terrible. But then when you watch it, you're like, well, it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, not it was terrible. okay. Knowing what was to come, if it was this show, and there was nine years of this show. Well, and that's why I think it's important to get a mindset of what was going on in the world at that time. And I believe Matthew has come prepared and did some research. I did. You did. Now, you know, I, I listened to the My Favorite Murder podcast, and they talk about how, oh, we thought we're just we're just two chicks talking about true crime. Let's do a podcast. And then they went, fuck, we have to do a book report every freaking week. And so I'm glad. I, I have no desire to do that. You've done my work for me. Well, I feel like this kind of research that I did was... was um, for the whole season. You okay. know what I mean? That's fine. Like, maybe I'll do this level of research for season two. Maybe. You know what I mean? 
like the premiere of season two, just to find out yeah. what was going on. Maybe I need to have you back as the premiere as each season progresses. That would be great. I would love to do that. So, so talk to us. Okay. Let's journey back to August 24th, yeah. 1979. 79. 79. When I Not was, even 80. Huh? Not even 80. No. 79. Yeah. Now, granted, only four episodes of this show aired in 1979. Yeah. There were but four that of means them. they were filmed when? In the summer. 79. Uh, 79. <laughs> what I'm saying is, though, this, we call, I call this a 1980s sitcom. Because sure. from, of 201 episodes, four of them came out in 79. It's the 80s. Yeah. Culturally, didn't really become the 80s till about 83. But okay. That's America. Talk to me. Well, first of all, it's important to know. Obviously, it's a flip. It's a spinoff of Different Strokes. Different Strokes, which was only at the end of its first season. Yeah. That's... So we'd only had one season of Mrs. Garrett, and fucking NBC was like, "We what? fucking love her. <laughs> get, get her out of here. Get her a show. <laughs> get her off this be sinking ship." <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, and she had it written into her contract that if it failed, she, comes she back. could come back. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, again, because it was around that time period where you had just watched Norman Lear spin off fucking everything. Uh, yeah. So, like, she had seen Phyllis not do well. Yeah. And then suddenly Cloris Leachman's out of a job. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Her friend, dear friend Cloris Leachman. Her dear. Uh, Funny your... I went to that one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. That's like foreshadowing. <laughs> Um, so they thought it would be a good idea to do a female version of Welcome Back, Cotter. Is that what this was? That's what this was. Oh, no. A girl's answer to Welcome Back, Cotter. But but a private school, a privileged private upstate New York school versus an inner city. Was Welcome Back, Cotter, New York, or was it like Chicago? Yeah, or Philadelphia or something. Boston, Baltimore. It it wasn't Boston, I know that. Where was it? I don't know. Uh, okay, Google. Okay, Google. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. So, no. from, so that's what the idea was, right? <laughs> that was um, the concept. Okay. Wow. This I did not know. So continue. So NBC was in the shitter at this point. Oh, number. F- it was. It, there were only three networks, and it, it was, was number four. four. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad, and it's so funny. This predates. The 80s and 90s, particularly the you know the 90s when suddenly must see must see Thursday happened, and I mean NBC ended up you know but yeah in the 70s ABC was the giant. They had the Happy Days and Laverne and they. It's funny they had the popular shows. They had the Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Love American Style, Charlie's Angels, Six Million Dollar Man. CBS had the critically acclaimed shows. They had the Norman Lear shows. Yeah. Well, All in the Family was number, I bet you CBS, CBS had the Mary Tyler Moore show. They had the Carol Burnett show. I don't know. That's research I did not do and I do not care to do. As far as um, ABC, I feel like it was ABC maybe by a narrow margin, but definitely NBC last Fox. I feel like it was CBS. Not even, was number one? I feel like, because they had All in the Family and And, and all stuff. the spinoffs. Maybe it was CBS. I could be wrong. But I was trying to, I thought uh, I wrote As a kid, down. I, mean, I mean, when my dad was a kid and watched TV in the 70s, shut up, um, 
No, when I was a kid, the shows that appealed to me, I feel like I watched ABC more. So that's that's my egocentrism coming into it. Damn, okay. I didn't write down, and I did look it up. So NBC was last place. I didn't write place. down what NBC's big shows were. Oh, yeah. It was like Little House on the Prairie, maybe? Um, like they, was... they were surviving on like certain shows. And yeah. Damn it. Oh, I, I've, I I've wish seen, I could I've seen a documentary, and I know what you mean, yeah. But, like, I mean, they were up against shows like um, their opening night. On ABC was Fantasy Island. Yes, because Saturday... Which, huge hit. Yeah, huge. And their premiere episode, I guess, <laughs> Facts of Life premiere episode, was where Eve Plum plays a swimmer that was paralyzed in a car accident <laughs> and comes to the island to get fixed. Well, um, well, Peter Graves plays a, a clothier who is down <laughs> on his luck and wants to kill himself so his family can have his, his um, insurance. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on CBS is The Incredible Hulk. Oh. Another, I guess, at the time, huge hit. Oh, yeah. As was, yeah, um, they had Wonder Woman. 70, yeah, 79 Wonder Woman was it, were wrapping itself up at this In point. this episode, David Banner befriends a rock star named Lisa Swan, who is being dominated by her manager. Oh. <laughs> so. so I'm going to turn into a green dude in... Beat him up. So you have the choice between Eve Plum in a wheelchair, <laughs> David Banner with the 1979 rock star, or Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. Everybody's I mean, favorite from different strokes. Yeah, I mean, not even a season. She has to have her own show. On a show with, with, uh, with uh, and the subject matter is lesbianism. <laughs> the, so yeah, the how opening, could this not do well? I, it, it had nowhere to go but up. But let's can we can we we stop a moment. It managed to, by the way, because it was seventy fourth in the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That, yeah, stop we'll, a moment. We'll, we'll talk about um, later about how literally the show lasted. It made it into a second season literally because the brass at NBC said it's easier to fix a show we already have. Correct. Than to try and create, produce, and yeah. build a show from scratch. So it was just. Again, we are in the shitter. We have no money to produce a new show. What do we got to lose? What, exactly. Really? <laughs> it was exactly. And and who would have thunk what it would eventually bring? But let's go back to Fantasy Island. Okay. These are the sidebar conversations I hope to have many, many of yeah. over the next 200 episodes. What the fuck? <laughs> well, That's fun. all I have to say about Fantasy What the? It's like, um, you know, oh, what, what's this dude's here? Well, Tattoo, he has always wanted to climb the tallest volcano in the world. And it happens to be here on the other side of the island. And he has no legs. <laughs> it's, oh. But we know he's got legs because it's Dick Van Patten playing yeah. that part. It's, <laughs> it's um, just sitting in a chair that where yeah. the legs go into the bottom of the chair and it's hilarious. It was, it was on... For so long, and I watched it as a kid, but again, we were kids. You know, yeah, the stores didn't, the stories didn't see. Yeah, I think as an adult, it would be unwatchable. When it's like, Annette Funicello, she is a ventriloquist, and she <laughs> is having trouble separating the personality of her puppet from her. Who beats her. Yeah, who beats her. And <laughs> so then they bring, you know, like Mr. Rourke, you know, like your fucking travel guide can do, brings your marionette to life, and it's yeah. Barbara Bob? Yeah. And they never really explained how he had these powers or yeah. anything. Yeah, Ken Reed, who does another podcast that I greatly admire, he says, he's like, I'm, he goes, I am 100% sure Mr. Work was the devil. 
Even though they dressed him in well, white. Well, there's that theory. There's, I, I, there's I'm not theory. sure I could disagree. This fantasy island is, there's a whole theory about it where it's, Th- it's hell the or purgatory. seven layers of hell. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like people have way too much time in there and to think that much into fantasy yeah. island it's <laughs> instead of important things like facts of life. <laughs> That's, we have our priorities. <laughs> Clearly. Bitch. Okay. We don't need no stinking guest stars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so continue. So, okay. What else? What else? Well, any, so any leading else? into the hit shows of 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 um, you know, it's always important to give your new show a good lead in. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. Um, so on NBC, right before the premiere of Facts of Life, Roughhouse show um, <laughs> was here's Boomer. Here's Boomer, the dog show. Yeah, the dog show, and it was wh- like Highway to Heaven for but with a dog. <laughs> Like, this stray dog comes out and just goes from town to town helping people. And some, it was like Batman-level stars on <laughs> as guest stars well, every week. Well, that sounds like the Incredible Hulk, though, because that's technically what, what... Is that what he... Oh, that's right. They he show would just walk into the next town. Yeah, he just walk yeah. into the next town and meet the next poor shit-upon-soul yeah. and help them out. Yeah. That's uh-huh. so... And get angry. Wow. Here's Boomer. And, um... I remember that. I never watched it, but it I do like remember. It was like the TV version of Benji. Yeah. Is what he was. Okay. And you should really um, include a link to the opening um, credits credits of Here's Boomer. I will do because so. Because the song is just Upon awful. I, it's I, celebrating. I do fact, do requests. It's for celebrating the fact that. Here's Boomer theme. Okay, that is happening. All right. What else? Anything else you want to add to that? Before? Oh, and it's and it's <clears> out. <throat> and the show that came on after it was the wonderful Pink Lady and Jeff. Oh, <laughs> that was the that was NBC. That was the ten o'clock. Oh time my slot god! On a Saturday night on NBC. <laughs> oh no! And that was directly up against Calvinette. No, Calvinette had just gone off. Calvinette went off in '78. Yeah, it would have been up against Family. Family, probably. Seda Thompson, Christy McNichol, Mark and Mindy. Mark and Mindy. What's the Robin, big one? Robin Williams. He was good. On Wednesday night, CBS did the Wednesday night CBS movie of the week, mm-hmm. which so. was uh, Ju- <coughs> Julie T. Portrait of a Teenage Runaway. Correct. Or um, um yeah. so like the other shows that were popular throughout the week at the time was like Laverne and Shirley was still going strong. Oh fuck yeah! Um, I never missed an episode. WKRP in Cincinnati. A little more grown up for me, but I did watch it and enjoyed it too. Um, Hello, Larry! That steaming bomb from McLean Stevenson. Daughter played by daughter Ruthie played by actress Michelle something. She's one of the Real Housewives now. She's married to the doctor on Botched. And she's one of the real housewives of Beverly Terry Hills. Hatcher. Kim Kim Richards. Oh. Kim Richards played the daughter in, and she was hilarious. She was a funny child actress. Benson. Benson. Spin and off also of soap. Spin the off. wonderful Stalker Channing show. The 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 you the mean sto- sto- Stalker Channing Just Friends? No, no. I see I see where you might find yourself confused. Um <laughs> Stalker Channing Elucidate me. In Just Friends. Was the show that was on the season before uh-huh. that they hated? That, yeah. So again, why not just bring this shit back? <laughs> but let's give her a new name. Okay. Um, her new her neighbor, played by the same actress in the same exact role, a new name. <laughs> um, it's gonna kind of change her life a little bit. Like she's um, she's now completely divorced. 
instead of going through a divorce. Okay. But she's a different character. <clears throat> it's kind of so like they the basically, Lucy show to I Love Lucy. Uh, it's uh, like, we get it. You're or, still Lucy and Apple. Yeah, but, or the Lucy show into Here's, Here's Lucy. Lucy into, exactly. Oh, okay. So the Stalker Channing <clears throat> show was the reboot, and it had the same theme song. <laughs> Um, and and was she was reboot. so... Fa- I mean, Grease was 1978. That's all she had done, though. It, I mean, she had done a, a fuck ton of stage work and was very respected. But Grease mm. catapult... I mean, Stalker Channing was yeah. huge, and rightfully so. She is amazing. I've never seen a better performance of a 32-year-old yeah. playing a high school senior. Yeah, I was so worried. She was the oldest. So there. worried about getting pregnant. I'm like, <laughs> she can't get pregnant. <laughs> Don't worry, Kaniki. You're wow. fine. Leave it in. Yeah. We're approaching the 15-minute mark, and I just want to say are. it is not my intention to go this deep. This is just for... I'm sorry. No, no, no. To go this deep in future episodes. So if you're thinking, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to sit this out. This is just a f- season... This is a season opener. Matthew, you are yeah. now... Our Facts of Life historian, I have officially hired you for that. So we're going to continue with this. I'm now ready to talk about the cast. Okay. (laughs) Are you (laughs) ready? Well, but anything else? Talk about Kim Field's 10 auditions, and then we'll move down the list of... She's the only black girl that auditioned, apparently. Really? That's what they said. Tootie wasn't written to be a black character, but she was the only black girl that auditioned. Wow. you imagine that? Yeah. And she was... Almost not hired because she was too young. She is 10 years old yeah. on this show. And one of the reasons why they put her on roller skates, not just because they were racist, right. but also because they were literally thinking, how do we make this little tiny child taller and mm-hmm. look like she belongs in this throng? And that's exactly what the, the tactic was. But she was a very decorated um Commercial actress. Um, yeah. On I gotta find the Mrs. Butterworth commercial. I remember her very distinctly. Mm, yeah. Mrs. Butterworth, I love you. And the animated Mrs. Butterworth going, oh. <laughs> so I'm writing a note, Mrs. Butterworth commercial. I'll put this up on the on the blog as well. Um, okay, tell tell us uh, what else about the girls. Let's, um, let's do a let's do a rundown. Oh well, um, I just have you know that Nancy. Nancy Julie um, Pekarski. Julie, um, no. No. Uh, Felice Schlatter. Felice Schlatter. Schachter. Um, she was... The, the, da- the one with the long, dark hair. Yeah. Uh, just a lovely actress. Her line readings just give um, you hope. Yeah. Um, she auditioned to be um, Dana Plato's part in Different Strokes. Oh, I think I do remember it. that. Yeah. So she was kind of in the loop. At NBC for and child with, actresses. And with the Norman Lear, declared yeah. Jenna McMahon machine. Okay. And she went on to do the movie Zapped. Was she in the movie Zapped? The wonderful Scott Bale. And Willie Ames. And Willie Ames. And now she's a special ed teacher in New York. Oh. Quit acting. Darn yeah. it. What? <laughs> she quit acting so that she could work with <laughs> mentally challenged and disabled people. Yeah. It's not as far a leap as you might think. Julie Pekarski. Julie Pekarski. She's the one that plays Sue Ann, the one with the long blonde hair, not Lisa Welcher with the long blonde hair. Who right. Is Blair. The other pretty This is one. the other one with the long blonde hair, who is not Julianne Haddock. The other one, the other other one with the long blonde hair. It's like, 
I'm missing a page. I swear Is to it? God. Well, we also want to point out in the opening theme of this, yeah. for those who aren't actually watching the episodes and are just listening here, in the opening credits, they show all the girls and they show their characters' names in quotation marks. So it says, Julie Pikarski, quote, As Nancy. Nancy. See, I can't even keep them straight. And then it says, Blair Welch, uh, Lisa Welchel, quote, Blair. Yeah. It's one of those like, yeah, we can't keep track of them either. We're hoping we can help. (laughs) We're going to give you some cliff notes and maybe you can sort it out. (laughs) And no. Continue. The wonderful um, Natalie Green. Natalie Green. Mindy Cohn. Mindy Cohn. Who is now the voice of Belma. On Scooby-Doo. On Scooby-Doo, yes. Which I don't watch the new Scooby-Doo's because they're awful. And I, she's I lovely. Not, I have not seen them. Um, what's but her guts? Was, she was a student at a girls' school yeah. somewhere outside of Hollywood. And when they brought them, according, I saw some, an interview with her. And they brought them in just to talk to them and get kind of a sense of the thing. And Charlotte Ray went, she is delightful and hilarious. You should write a part in this for her. I think the subliminal message is we don't have a fat girl in the show yet. <laughs> and But you look at her in that first season, that first episode, I wouldn't look at her and go, Oh, she's the fat girl. Yeah. No, not really. She's <laughs> she's twelve. Yeah, exactly. But she certainly is different and looks different. And I think that's what made her because she's, you know, she was going to a private girls' school, and I'm sure the other girls look like the girls on this show. You they think? were the rich pretty girls. All right. Yeah, I, I imagine so. And I think I feel like Is that I'm just not... your fantasy of what it would be like? <laughs> to be <laughs> in Barbie doll. Night, yeah, dreaming of the Barbie doll teenagers in Got a it. private girl school. That would be a no. Okay. But um, anyway, so Mindy Cohn was a completely 100% inexperienced actress. And you can see it. They've talked about it in the documentaries. Yeah. that You see her trying to resist cracking up and laughing at her own jokes when the, the audience <laughs>, laughs. And... But to her credit, she develops a razor-sharp comic sensibility by season she two. She really does. And, like, there are some episodes where she just gets some great mm-hmm. line deliveries in yeah. that are so perfect. Like, my favorite ever episode comes later when she's got the, the lightning bolt hat oh on. Oh, my God. Oh, the overnight. Yes, that's one of my favorites, too. She says. That's the final exam. Yeah. She goes, the final. Tootie, you hit me with that pillow one more time. Oh. And she said something. And she answered. She was without a beat. It's on. It's on. Yeah. She's like, I hate that hat. She's like, Tootie, how many times have I go there? These are my brainwave conductors. And it's her commitment Dude explaining her quote-unquote thinking hat that we've never seen before. Uh, I God, I cannot her. wait to get to that episode. I that is one uh, of my all-time favorite. And you want to know? You want to know why we love that episode? Why? It takes place only in the bedroom. It never goes outside the bedroom. It is a play. We are we like the theatricality of it because we are in fact theater people. It just, is. This. Just throwing that out as a theory. Um, so, yes, you, you bring up the girls, and then I talk about them for 10 minutes. So oh, let no. me let you Go talk ahead. about no. them. That's what I was going to say. I'm leading you into it. So, um, Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. Never heard of her. You would ne- I never. What happened to her? I know. <laughs> you would think by watching it, though, and the girl who plays Nancy in the first episode, the whole episode revolves around Nancy, when the rumors were going around that there were going to be some changes... Yeah. She didn't think she was going to be cut because there had been so many 
plot points around her character. She uh-huh. found herself to be Are a we, main Nance character. Nancy or Sue Ann? Were we talking? The one, the lesbian. Sue Ann is the lesbian. No, the... Sue Ann is the pretty one. Isn't she? Wasn't Sue is Ann it? the pretty one? Um, oh, God. Cindy. Cindy. Cindy's the tomboy. Okay. So, Ju- the, the wonderful Julie Ann Haddock. Yeah. How did she not make it in show business? Well, she thought that she was safe because there were so many plot points around yeah. her in the first season. And I, yeah. So That's, she didn't think that that was going to happen to her. She did an episode of Wonder Woman. Felicia. Um, Felicia Schachter. She was the first one hired and the first one fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, we work for theme parks. We what 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 is that like? We've never experienced that in our I'm careers. I'm just picturing it, like people leaving the trailer, like getting on it. And I think that's it, isn't it? Shall well, we talk about the episode, or you have more about the girls? Um, well, we can since we're this is the beginning one. We're we're starting this dive. We 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 can um we can spend. I'm comfortable spending a little more time, but again, I'm warning, and. Uh, uh, pre-apologizing for it like I do because I'm an apologist but no this well, in yeah. future we're just going to get into the episodes but this is this Warn is a big deal how awful the show is yeah 20 minutes in and okay to love something mm-hmm. is to be critical of it mm-hmm. I love this show mm-hmm. facts we are of now, life facts of life but this one that we're doing now the the facts of life okay yeah this one yeah. not so much but um so I'm gonna. We are going to be critical of the show. We're going to, for lack of a better term, rip it to shreds. Okay. Um, but know what we're doing so lovingly, and um. What was the other thing I wanted to say when you were talking about the girls? And there's too many of the girls. Oh, I'm, I just want to say in general, as you watch the delivery of the lines, and like you said, the line readings, even this early on, you really can already see. The standouts. You're already like, yeah, Tootie is 10 and she's a little better than the rest. And Lisa Welchel is, I mean, yeah. you, you commented. You were like. She's just beautiful. It's just, I mean, gorgeous. But clearly, uh, again, former Mickey, former Mouseketeer in the Mickey Mouse yeah. Club reboot. She'd been trained by the, almost as close to the old studio system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she knew the nine old <clears throat> men, I'll bet you. She, <laughs> she knew what it meant to go but, back to one. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, probably the wild card in there is Mindy Cohn, but you look and you're like, if you said, who are these girls are going to make the cut? If if a big cleansing was about to happen, if we were about to have a bloodbath from casting handed down, who is going to last and who's not? It's like Lisa Welchel, absolutely sure. there. And I think Kim Field's appeal and charm in her youth, I think she's right there. Probably the wild card would be Mindy Cohn, but... Even that, it's like compared to the girl, the the reading of the lines. Oh my God, Blair knows he's a really cute boy, and he winked at me. Yeah, there's just oof. <clears throat> there was no warmth that was there. Yeah, we we missed it. Uh, uh, we it was a little bit lacking. Anyway, it's fun to be at this point of revisiting the show and starting this journey and going back, going wow. Yeah, where it where it journeyed to and where it morphed and switched and. Uh, it's it's really bizarre. And sadly, these episodes, these first 13, this is going to be a slog because they are not good. Well, uh, but it's interesting to watch. I mean, while well, the, the show is not great, but it's interesting. I was watching it tonight when we were watching it, I'm thinking, okay, it's 1979. It's a girls' school, and they've made the choice to have a relatively young man 
yeah. as the headmaster. Mr. Bradley. Mr. Bradley, who comes in. He's not unattractive by 1979 standards. No, no. You know? he's, he's, a, he's a solid seven. Yeah. And he comes in, and he's the one that wants to shake things up. He's the one changing the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the curfew, yeah. while this woman... Yeah. Who wants to keep them back in the, in the well, I guess, the 1930s. If yeah. She said it's been around for 50 years, yeah. the 1920s. When, when, in the 30s, when she was a child. But yeah. she's like, got this overbite. And I looked her up, too. She ain't done nothing. Oh, I thought she had a lot of like little character roles yeah, that's exactly spread out it. over a long, you know. Yeah. So she's still alive. She's still out there. Is she? She was, she was on... Well, she's still got those teeth. I, those were, <laughs> you can't miss them. That's my favorite thing about watching these shows from that time period. People had their original teeth. <laughs> and, like, not everybody had perfect teeth. Yeah, you see it that was, now on TV. Everybody's got perfect teeth. Yeah, it's Mrs. like Karen's got some jacked up grill. <laughs> her tiny little dwarf teeth. <laughs> dwarf okay. teeth. All right, so we're getting into the episode Sorry. stuff now. And um, we will we'll come back to this whole Mr. Bradley thing. And and again, you're watching it going, dude, you're not long for this world. <laughs> no. But, um, and we okay. Didn't, we didn't research who replaced him. Yeah, there was a or later. Was but we don't need we don't need to know that. We're let's live yeah. in the here and now. Okay. Let's live in the moment. He's um, headmaster. Right we now. we start with the original version of the theme song, and it's actually a longer version mm-hmm. of the original theme song because we have the extra credits for the different strokes cast because we got to make sure we get that tie-in. So in the opening credits, Conrad Bain, Dana Plato, Todd Bridges, and Gary Coleman all have a credit like they're on this show. Or, or does they it say special guest, guest stars? Are they, are they, they are special guest stars. But okay. you have to imagine that they're trying to promote this show as best they can between here's Boomer and Pink Lady and Jab. <laughs> they're like, we're saving our friggin' network or we're so next. They take their one other hit, different strokes, yeah. and they put in the in the fucking TV guy that you bought every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, with special yeah. advertising in it that says, Thanks a lot. With everybody's favorite Arnold. Yeah. It's going to be on it. So yeah. you got to watch. It's, and we did. And America did. No, they didn't. It was 74th in the ratings. <laughs> Somebody did. Um, okay, so we start with that. The opening, uh, this version of the opening theme. Sung by the girls. No. That's what it said. No. That's what it said. The girls were the singers and Mrs. Garrett. That no, I don't. If, based on their acting talent, I don't believe for one second they sing that well. Did you hear the music? Did you hear? Um, I hear Mrs. Garrett. We do let Charlotte Ray sing since she is a musical comedy star, of of yesteryear. Little Abner playing Little Abner and um, the B. Arthur production of Three Penny Opera on Broadway. She was the original <laughs> Mrs. Peachum, and she is on the recordings. Pull that up on Apple Music, or maybe I could put that on the website. God, there's a lot of. God, this this is becoming work. I'm not. I I don't. I don't think this was a good idea. You can also find some of her stand-up, her early stand-up. Oh yes, yeah. A lot of that. You know what? A lot of that has been making the rounds right now because we did just lose Charlotte Ray. Dead. We lost her what three weeks ago? It's it's still very it's, it's very raw, very raw, so still I raw. I wouldn't mention it to Nancy McKeon if you talk to her. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have a I have a date to call her next week, and I I will Don't. not I say that. Um, so I believe the opening theme is just Gloria Loring's voice overlaid to sound like several voices, because it does kind of sound like it. 
it might just be studio singers, but I thought it was still Gloria Loring who would be the one that would record the later seasons and who co-composed the song with her husband, Alan Thicke of... Thick of the Night. <laughs> well, his talk gro- show. Growing Pains? What was his show? Yeah, Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Oh, yeah, he did Growing Pains, too. Yeah. And also Gloria... Thick of the Night. Thick of the talk Night. show. Yeah. And the Thick of the Night... <laughs> the, the euphemism Thick of the Night with Gloria Loring produced uh, Robin Thick. Mm. She is the mother, Alan Thick and, Ro- and Gloria Loring, who divorced after this. They're, they are not... Because of this song, I because, think. Because <laughs> they... Um, and they wrote the Different Strokes theme, too, but they never sang it. Mm-mm. But that's, again, it's all part of that same family. Um, and uh, so Gloria Loring, if you look at her early stuff, which I will be putting up on the website, she is an extraordinary singer. And in the late 60s, she was like the new Barbra Streisand. She was like that new kid that sang older songs, but had a killer voice. She is... Was she the new Barbara Streisand, or was she new the, Hel- the new Helen Reddy? Helen... Or like Melissa Manchester. Were they I don't know that she late was 60, Barbara I, Streisand, was she? Well, well, I'm... No, no, no. What I'm saying is... The, like the, hook, Hines? the hook of Barbara Streisand was that in the early 60s, she was that kooky, odd-looking kid in her thrift store clothes. Mm-hmm who was 18 years old on television, and in the early 60s, she singing wasn't singing rock, rock and roll. Right. She wasn't singing the, that new, loud, noisy shit the kids were listening to. They're singing the songs that we like. She's singing Johnny Mercer and all the, you know, Rogers and Hart stuff. So what I'm thinking of is just from the standpoint of the super talented young singer that was not going the route of, I'm singing the young people tunes. I want to be a pop singer. Got it. Like Sonny and Cher. Gloria. Gloria Laurie. Anyway, I'm going to post some of her uh, performances, and she is magnificent. I am a, su- I, I am a super huge. Uh, You're a huge Gloria belated, Loring fan. Belated 40 years too late Gloria Loring fan. And uh, she's, I think. Like having a best friend named Marky Post. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's get to this fucking episode now. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, we're, we're just... Scene one. See, uh, scene one, page one. <laughs> let's do a P.L. Travers and say, yeah. interior house. Is that true? Should we have the house in the interior? Um, okay, they're preparing for the harvest fair. Mm. Yay! Mm-hmm. A big event is happening. So we've got... Things happening. Things. So, Mrs. Garrett, D- so arrangements. Busy, you guys. They're arra- arranging, arrangement things. And um, among the arrangements is a pig. And in comes Cindy. Lesbian. No, she is not a lesbian. She's a tomboy. She's, a tomboy. She's the tomboy. She's got She's her hair one. up in a baseball cap. Everybody thinks is um, Daryl Hannah. <laughs> what? Say that again. She's the one everybody thinks is Daryl Hannah. I I don't know. If, which you, if you thought of Daryl Hannah when she was around that age, that's what you think she looked like. Ju- oh, Julian Hedick could have yeah. could have doubled for Daryl Hannah. A lot of people think she was Daryl <laughs> Hannah. Her acting level is about the same. Uh, yeah, that's we'll we'll so, go with that. She shows up and she's in charge of the games at the yeah. Harvest Moon. Yes, and and oh, the pig Cindy. games and. Pig. Pig. So that sort of tomboyish, I'm walking around in a baseball shirt and I'm holding an animal and my hair's on my head. And, oh, well, what, you know, 
That's my a hair is on my head. Yeah. Like a lesbian. <laughs> and and then before we have a chance to blink, in comes Mr. Drummond and Arnold. I'm sorry, Mr. Drummond and Willis and Kimberly. Kimberly, who in the backdoor pilot of this show on different strokes, was a student at Eastland. Well, on Different Strokes was a student at Eastland. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. On the TV show. Was she always? Not just on the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just suddenly a thing of at the end. Like, oh, by the way, Kimberly, is it? Mm -hmm. I I don't remember season one that well. Of Different Strokes? Yeah, I didn't watch a lost (laughs) of it. (laughs) Every single time Mr. Drummond talks to Arnold, it sounds like he's going to molest him. No, stop. I swear to God. There is a very special episode where they're like, he and, what was his friends? Dudley? Dudley. When Arnold and Dudley, and he gets tied up in like a bike shop and molested. It was oh. like, it was, a, it was like, what the fuck is happening? It was like the, it was like the Edith Bunker rape episode. Yeah. You're like, what is happening on yeah. my show? Like the, um, the AIDS on Mr. Belvedere episode. <laughs> I'm not laughing at AIDS. No, you can't help it on this episode. <laughs> Have you watched it? Cameron, our friend Cameron Francis at work, found the clip by accident. There's a whole thing after this. I'm going to show you on Amazon Prime. Yeah, we'll be we'll be posting the Mr. Belvedere AIDS, <laughs> AIDS episode. And we, we probably shouldn't go any... <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> let's let's read. We're going to do a dramatization right now. Okay. <laughs> hey, Bartholomew. How are you? Well... Must not be too bad. I've got AIDS. I don't remember at all <laughs> what he said. I'm sorry. It's so wrong. It's so, so Mr. Drummond shows up. So back to Mr. Drummond, and and uh, the, they show up. And, and he, he makes a point of mentioning her contract. Yeah. Where well, he says, Mrs. Garrett, I really think you have to come back. And if this doesn't go well, you can come back. Yeah, you can come back. Yeah, basically saying. Little yeah. does she know that they're going to replace her with what's her pussy. And never mention her again. And Pearl? Pearl was the third one. The second one was the Catholic. little the, the little the little silver haired one that was yeah. and, I, and Iola on all in the family. Belle. Belle. No. no. Belle was on Alice. Belle. That was Diane Ladd on Alice, yeah. I don't remember what her name was, but she was the little tiny one yeah. with the huge waddle and the hair on the top of her head. She was yeah. Aunt she was Edith Bunker's Aunt Iola. And that that episode, because every episode of All in the Family was a was a message episode. That message was, uh, oh, she's alone. We have to ask her to live with us. And she's like, I got a boyfriend, and we fuck. Oh, oh. you know, it was it was one of those what old people fucking. <laughs> what is happening? My world's. I've entered crazy town. You know, it was <laughs> that was the thought process when people watched the. Um... Edith Rape episode. Yeah. Like, what? He's hard for Gene Stapleton? No. Stop. I don't understand rape. No. Rape is not. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, but everything builds up, too. So we've got the talk about Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett, you can always come back here, you know, so I can mumble through my lines to you. Um, You sound just like Conrad Bain. It's like he's here. It's like he's here. Yeah. I watched a lot of Maud, too. Um, finally, it all builds up to the arrival of Gary Coleman. Mm-hmm. That's really what all of this is all about. This is the thing we absolutely had to have in this episode. Gary Coleman, otherwise known as Arnold. NBC's hottest star. <laughs> he, was, he was... At the time. It was like having Michael Jackson on your show. It was... <laughs> 
He was the cast of Friends of it his was. day. It was he like was all Jerry six. Seinfeld walk on. <laughs> it was exactly. He was the he was the Jerry Seinfeld of the time. <laughs> and I will say, God, he is adorable. You really cannot discount no. the cute factor that because of his stunted growth, for whatever reason they say is or not related to his kidney problems when he was a kid, but he is so fucking cute. Kids button. And he is, we did look up his age. He is 11 years old here. So he's actually older than Kim Fields. Yeah. But he's just. Because he looks five. He's, he's exactly. And that's like, could there Did be. Did they ever establish, was he playing five? No. Or was he, was he like. No. No, 11 was, and just stunted growth, and they just never mentioned it. Yeah. No, they did They did do an episode where he went to a doctor, and it was kind of a, when am I going to start to grow? When am I going to start to grow? And the doctor did come in. It was a female doctor, and she said, um, Arnold, you are going to grow to be five feet tall. Like, that was a big uh-huh. blow to him. Like, I'm not going to be tall. That's when I, quote, unquote, start to grow. That's as far as it's going to get. I'm never going to be big people size. Oh, even worse, you're going to spend the rest of your life saying, no, I won't say what you're talking about, Willis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just told him that. Yeah. That's... He could have ended it right then. Yeah. No. <laughs> that would have been a very No, no. Anyway, and once again, thanks to the OK Google in my living room, we did check to see uh, Gary Coleman, who died very young at the age of 42. He ended up growing to Four foot ten, did it say? Five feet tall. No, I said, I said five feet tall is what they said on the TV show, and oh. the, Google, the Google told us he didn't even make it that far. I feel oh. like it said he was four foot ten. Okay. Uh, is how tall he grew. And, um, yeah, anyway, super duper cute. We're 11 years old, and his reason for showing up late is he's hiding out in the car because coming to a girl's school, the girls, for lack of a better term, molest him. Yeah. He's, I've talked about, he's constantly being pinched and tickled and squeezed. And, you know, I'm not a fan of non-consensual molestation, but I totally understand. Are you a fan of consensual molestation? Consensual (laughs) molestation? Sure. I'm not sure that's technically molestation. All right. But what I'm saying is, you look at that kid knowing he's 11, you're like, yeah, that's kind of wrong. But if he was four or five, if he was a toddler, I get why people would be like, oh, you're so cute. Can I pick you up? Can I? Mm." I mean, he was. But even at 11, when you look at him, you don't know he's 11. You're like, oh, my God, I want to eat your cheeks. Yeah, it's there. Not your butt cheeks. No, No, I didn't. I didn't infer that at all. But, yeah, yeah. He's he's goddamn adorable. He is adorable. So his arrival in this episode is like, yes, we needed that. We needed this cute factor, especially because we were young gay boys watching this and the girls weren't doing nothing for us. And even Todd Bridges wasn't doing it for me at that time. No, Todd Bridges, the only living (laughs) remaining cast. That's not funny. (laughs) It's funny. He when when Charlotte Ray died, he tweeted, "R.I.P. My entire cast." Of well, different... Mary Jo Catlett's still alive. You <laughs> asshole. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm going by Todd Bridges. What he said? I'm saying it's not calling you an asshole. I'm calling Todd Bridges. Mary Jo Catlett probably <laughs> saw that tweet. And was like, "You fucking dick." <laughs> and by the way, we do know somebody related to Mary Jo Catlett. We do, and every but... time I open a old Hello Dolly. <laughs> Program. I take a picture of it and send it to him. Oh, yeah? Because she was in the original Broadway production of Hello, Dolly. Whom did she play? Ernestina. Shut up. I'm up. 
Shut. I'm I did not, not know that. Mary Jo Catlett. Mary Jo Catlett. Wow. Did it, did it like forever. Did it with Ethel Merman. Did it with everybody. Yeah. With Pearl Bailey? Yeah. Well, no, not Pearl Bailey. Oh, yeah? That, no. she didn't. They didn't just give her some extra nope. makeup or nope. something? even then. 1965. I'm sure they would have been like, you know, it's just one girl in blackface yeah. on the show. Who's going to notice? We have... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm. I. It's very early to go that much of a deep delve into I my inappropriate grab. comedy, and start using inappropriate words for comedic ironic purposes. We're just sure. going to stay over that. Sure. So we have gotten exactly four minutes into this episode. Oh my god. Um, okay. Well, okay. Fast forwarded. So, so and Mrs. Garrett does say, "Oh, Mr. Drummond, I'll be back. I yeah. just need to." So even she didn't think the show she was going to work out. Well, yeah. Even she was like, "Oh fuck, no, this yeah. is not going to work." Um. So, uh, Blair is the first to make some type of an observation about Cindy. And well, because Cindy's trying to get her let her her rope around her ankle. What, what did I miss? Cindy's trying to tie Blair's leg up. Oh, okay. For like the teacher hard... to do the tug of war thing. Oh. And she's got her ankle in her hand. So this leads to Cindy's foot fetish that we hear so much mm, about that, later I, on. It never stops. No. And... <laughs> But she tries to time. She goes, "You're strange." Yeah. This is she the uses first the word time. She says strange. She uses it three times. Yeah. Three times throughout the episode, the word that Blair uses is "straight." You're strange. Yeah. Because you're tomboyish and you're talking that you know you do things that boys do and all that. Anyhow, so that's the first time we drop the word strange. Mm-hmm. Then enter Mr. Bradley and Mrs. Miss Mahoney. God bless. Is that her name? Miss Mahoney, yes. Oh, that overbite. Yeah. <laughs> she, If she sneezed, she'd bite herself in the chest. It looks yeah. like Mimi Hines walked in. That's two Mimi Hines references. <laughs> wow. I'm, welcome. D- bravo, sir. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about this before, that we are, the again, these are new characters, new show, so we're quickly establishing Mr. Bradley is the new headmaster, mm-hmm. and he's here to shake things up, but he's also a bit of a bumbling buffoon. Yeah. He has another rules for girls. Yeah. And very quickly, we establish he wants to, because of the festival, he thought, let's be lenient and late, Layton, and, and Layton, find a word for me, let's make the curfew later. Mm-hmm. Miss Mahoney, on the other hand. Has a bet. No. But this is after Molly Ringwald kind of schools him on the fact that they are women. They're women, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you could... Right. If you could smell and synchronize your period to ours, you would understand that, Mr. Bradley, but you cannot. Um, so the deal is, we quickly establish, oh, okay, Miss Mahoney is the traditionalist. Mm-hmm. And Mr. we're positioning her and Mr. Bradley as the, as the upstart, as the, as the renegade that's going to yeah. mix things up and, ooh, we've got conflict now. Yeah. Because we're probably not going to get that out of Charlotte Ray. No. Just, she's there for the warm fuzzies. She's um, there for the very long camera shots waiting to go to commercial. <laughs> where she's not really sure how to react to... <laughs> You're making me snore. <laughs> um, yeah. It's one of those... That was a really long that camera was awkward. shot. We're, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, what else do we have to cover here? There is a harvest dance and there will be a harvest queen. Mm-hmm. And Blair has previously been voted harvest queen... And when it is brought up that, oh, perhaps Cindy would like to compete for that or go to the dance. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I don't have clothes because all I have is 
jock straps or whatever. She's <laughs> so they quickly come up with a oh, and Natalie makes a comment. I have a dress that you could borrow. My mom bought it for me, and it was the wrong size. And well, I grew out of it before I could grow into it. Yeah, that's probably the closest thing to a fat joke they yeah. ever do because Mindy Cohn herself, and this is absolutely something to commend it. They never did a show about Natalie being fat. There was never no. a fat thing or, a you know, a, an outfit she couldn't fit into or whatever. They never, ever treated Natalie as the fat girl. She was just right. one of the girls. She just was. Yeah. You could see it. And that's like, and in this era, 79 to 80, uh, 88, it's like, fuck, that was not a, that was not a good time for fat women no. And, um, yeah, well, we, we find more of that in episode two as far as pretty shaming, and we are, we'll be getting into that next episode. Um, so we once again refer to Blair calls S- Cindy strange because she thanks Sue Ann for helping her to get ready. And molests her. And, and says, and, I love you. Yeah, while she's in mid-hug and mid-orgasm, I think. <laughs> I, I she's humping think, her. I don't think she's, she's climaxing. Okay. I don't think so. See, no, Not at the all. The alarm clock didn't go off until later in the episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So then, um, uh, Mrs. Garrett, romance, Arnold, girl problems. Blah, blah. Okay, so from this, we now go to the next scene, which is up in Mrs. Garrett's room, where she has a sewing machine. Sure she does. Like you do. Well, she's, what else does that do? There are three channels. She's a, she's a den mother. She's a den mother. She's a den mother who also has the credentials to be a nutritionist, we find out in yeah. <laughs> in 13 more episodes. Yeah. yeah. Like like you do. I, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a housekeeper. I clean toilets. Yeah. I, I'm qualified to watch girls at school, and I'm qualified to create a menu to nourish our children. And she made a pretty low-cut dress for um, for. Th- for Cindy. <laughs> well, she was she was altering Natalie. It was a Natalie dress, remember? Yeah. So she was altering it to okay. fit her. But in this scene, she's talking to... Um, we find out that Miss Mahoney Ms. has got none Ms. in a while. Mahoney. And they have positioned, I know, get yourself off the floor for this shocking twist that <laughs> is Miss Mahoney and Mr. Bradley, who are at complete odds mm. with how they want to run the school, there also might be a romantic spark there for them. Yeah. So, wow. If I can think of a less appealing will they or won't they <laughs> arc, I I think this would this would qualify. <laughs> I, I can't think of one less. Uh, uh, no. And just, you, you think, they're working really hard to keep so many people employed. Uh, like in this first season, it's like, oh, like, the writers had to be like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't... Can yeah. we stop writing for these yeah. two? I need to... It's like... What are we going to do with we, them? Just okay. get rid of them. Don't Here, explain it. Just yeah, here's the first draft of the episode. Half of the characters don't have lines. It's like, we can't. It's like... Oh. And this was... And I'm... We're going to... Let's... Okay, another little sidebar. This is before the day of A Story and B Story. This is where... I believe till its last episode. Facts of Life was a show where we had one story per episode. Rarely did we ever. Maybe we did later on. Very minor 
little yeah. mentions. Yeah, but to, I mean, not like the, to the level no. that Friends and Seinfeld, no, no. not where TV evolved no. as a medium. This was one story, one episode. So it's like we have one linear... Golden Girls kind of the same way. Like there would be a mention of a side story, like Sophia's, you know... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would like, yeah. Yeah. And of course, the Sophia's challenge. Sophia's got a job and she's got a reason to walk through the kitchen twice in the show. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it but wouldn't it be, we never see her at the anything. job. Yeah. Yeah, there were Friends episodes where they never saw each other. Like, right. there's one where Chandler's locked in a kiosk for an ATM, like it won't unlock, so he's stuck in there with a pretty woman. And the entire episode is how does he talk to this pretty girl? And that's the whole thing. And then we cut over and, you know, Rachel and Ross and Monica are doing their thing. And then Phoebe and Joey are doing another. I mean, Friends was, they had, they had fewer characters on Friends and we got and more minimum of three storylines, hmm. which, I, I mean. watched Friends. What? You never watched Friends? I was supposed to be, I, was, I auditioned for it. You did? Lisa Kudrow got the part. She did. She slept with the directors. Oh no! And the camera guy and the script guy. <laughs> Stop. Ross and Rachel. Wow! At the same time. Anyway, so I'm going to point out the fact that a story, B story was not a thing here. No. So they had one linear story. Seven girls, Mrs. Garrett, Mr. Bradley, Miss Mahoney, and in this episode we also had to have lines for Mr. Drummond, yeah. for Gary Colt, for for Arnold and Willis. It was like holy fuck because we're paying them overtime and to they, do this. <laughs> they're getting they're the best paid ones on this damn. They are. Gary Coleman is gonna break that. We can't use Gary. We have to. His salary is double everyone else's combined. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, so we, yes. So uh, yeah, back to the whole, we have too many. Uh, I, I don't so think we can overstate. A, this wasn't even a, an attempt at a, a B plot line as much as it was quote unquote character development that yeah. scene in there. Just to show like, I guess the adults watching that like, oh, don't worry, wink, wink. There's going to be yeah. adult situations. It's, it's, it's going to be more than periods and yeah. boy crazy stuff. Oh, right. We, we actually never did. They never did go to, for the... Go for the menstrual, I don't think. And probably for the better that they didn't. No, um, that was that time that Mrs. Garrett asked Blair if she was riding the cotton pony. <laughs> oh, no, that was Mama's face. That was on Never Carol mind. Burnett, and that was a blooper. That's an outtake. <laughs> so, um, we go to... <laughs> um, Sue Ann and Tootie, it's like, oh good, we can have two girls come in and tell Mrs. Garrett that Cindy is upset and in a room. That's lines for two more of the girls. Yep. So in comes Sue Ann and Tootie on her roller skates, and they're like, Cindy's upset and she's in a room. So Mrs. Garrett goes in to her room mm-hmm. to be, again, what Charlotte Ray does best. Charlotte Ray is so, I'm, I'm not being ironic here when I say, when it comes to the nurturing, motherly, holding it close to my bazoom, I mean, she is so good at that. Mm-hmm. I think I think better at that than delivering some of the comedic lines. But you know, I don't want to speak ill. Speak ill of the dead. Um, so what Matthew ref- referred to earlier is, you know, she's like, "What are you upset about?" She's like, "Well, all the things that Blair said of that. Maybe I'm not normal." And then we have to have a cutaway reaction shot of Mrs. Garrett 
And then we need to hear the, the dubbed in clap of the audience and the slow fade to commercial because they faded out back in these days to commercial. Yeah, it for wasn't days. For, and so it's a long clap and a long fade. And therefore... Where the writer's like, we got nothing. This is going to be a 30 second unedited <laughs> it, shot. We have an, an, an uncomfortably long shot of Charlotte Ray just standing there blinking slowly. <laughs> like she's having a stroke. Almost. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh God, go to commercial now. <laughs> go. And cut. 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 Somebody, somebody yell, cut. Oh. <laughs> like when she's done, she put her hand on her face, like massaged her face. Like I've been holding that forever. Yeah, it's bad. So we were watching the DVD of this, of course, and it fades out. And then it immediately fades back into a close-up of Charlotte Ray's chest mm. and her punching her hand in the, the, the baseball, the, the boyish yeah. baseball glove. That Which you have to wonder, Charlotte, was the irony lost on her? About or was she like punching like, the glove? We're gonna talk about lesbians. And I'm gonna punch this I'm gonna mitt. Punch this I'm mitt. Yeah. I'm gonna get my fist in this mitt. Yeah. I have to wonder if she was like the director was like told her what to do. And she's like, "You want me to talk to this girl about lesbianism while I'm punching a mitt?" Yeah. Okay. It's like okay. Come so, on. Okay. It's yeah. And then she says, "Well, Mrs. Garrett, all I think about are sports." And she says, that's not a thing that girls are into. And Mrs. Garrett goes, oh, oh I, can think, I can think of girls like Billie Jean King, like <laughs> Martina Navratilova. No, she doesn't say Martina. <laughs> she names some other, how shall I say, um, handsome women. Yeah, some strong women. Um, gee, crap, I started to write them down and I didn't. Um, but yeah, again, Nadia Comaneci. Nadia, Nadia Comaneci, who, who who was straight, had a, sure. had an affair with a married man and kind of went off. She but was Russian. the Lindsay. Lo- she was the Lindsay Lohan of her time. A Romanian. Ro- so yeah, she was Romanian. So so not gay or European. feminine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably had a bush the size of a oh <laughs> you know a macrame owl. Oh dear. So then we talk about, Cindy is like, well, I'm 14. Why am I not into boys? And Mrs. Garrett says, well, my, my wisdom story. This, this entire series is going to have a, a never-ending barrage of bad Charlotte Ray impressions by right. myself and all my guests. Right. But Hunker down, kids. Yeah. I wish it were better. It, it is what it is. And she, it's something like, I remember a time when my mother said, oh, there will come a day when your time clock will start ticking. Mm. I'm making the punching movement because mm-hmm. you do that when you're Charlotte Ray. And then you'll grow and I got curvier and curvier. So just give it time and your, your time clock will start ticking when it's ready. And I'm not sure that's a positive message. Why do you not think that's a positive message? The idea is, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just the normal part of you hasn't kicked in yet. Ah, okay. You see what I mean? As opposed to saying, so what? There are girls who are into sports, and there are girls, and there are some girls. I mean, this was 79. She's not going to say there are some girls who are like Lincoln the Cooter, and you could be one of them, and that's totally fine. And you'll have no problems over the next couple of decades of your life. No. I'm, that's, say that. I'm aware that's not going to happen. But the, the idea that there's there is a subliminal or not so subliminal message about, uh, honey, you're just not there yet. You're just, you're, I, I don't know how to say it better. The normal part of you yeah. will kick in. It's going to happen. That's a good point. You're going to stop liking sports and yeah. all you want to go, yeah. And it's like, but no, not all girls But you do. have to wonder because when they got the pop culture award on the TV land, 
show, the, the TV Land Awards. Yeah. They gave him the pop culture one, and Charlotte Ray went up there and said, All my girls <laughs> ended up straight. <laughs> and she meant, like, none of them went to jail, none of them oh, went to Oh, okay, but yeah. she said, and she's got her yeah, finger Yeah, meaning out, not like different strokes, yeah, yeah, where I had a bunch of hooligans. She's declaring, <clears throat> like, All my girls ended up straight. <laughs> And you can see the cast behind her, like Jerry Jules behind her, going, um... <laughs> I forgot Jerry Jules gay. Yeah. I totally forgot that. Yeah. Oh, we'll get into that in the... I <laughs> Season think you, I, two. I think you need... See, I want you here to do all this deep dive at the beginning, but I'm not sure... I, I, I'm not sure we could do the Cousin Jerry episode without Why? you here. Oh. But anyway... I'll make a guest spot. We could do it. I, I hope you'll be a frequent guest. Um, I hope everybody will be a frequent guest, because... I'm afraid I'm going to be doing this alone when I discover I don't have as many friends as I thought I did. Shut your face. Um, Okay, so Mrs. Garrett dispels her advice and Cindy feels better. She holds the dress up to her and lets her hair down. She's like, oh my God, I do look like a girl. I'm going to be normal. Shoo. Um, And then we come back downstairs. (laughs) And Mr. Bradley comes in saying he's going to have a talk with Cindy and continues his stammering bumbling stupidity and in this one mrs garrett thwarts but charming her. there's no malice in it uh, agreed charmingly that's you know what that's true he does not there, there's not arrogance or bluster about like Mr. i feel Bradley. like i remember him being a dick when i think about the first season but now that i watch it that episode again so i'm like there was no, no malice in him no it's true he was he, he was, was benign a, yeah yeah he wasn't yeah I'll, I'll give like you he that. he had a good intention of going over and having a good a talk to this girl. To he this girl, to tell her not to lick the cooter. Um, he was going to make her really hate Dick. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, since Blair was the instigator, since Blair was the one who started this downward yeah. spiral, let's, let me let you explain what happens next. Well, what happened was Blair <laughs> is all done up. And just yeah. gorgeous. Gorgeous. God damn. Just if I, if I had looked like her in 1979 when I was 16, <laughs> uh, Blair would have had eight kids by I know. season five. <laughs> like, I would have been at the free clinic every weekend. <laughs> she is. I just mean, beautiful. I mean, no yeah. wonder Joe fell in love with her the minute she <laughs> took her motor co- motorcycle hat off. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Now there was an appealing will they or won't they? There's a very <laughs> the great Blair and Joe <laughs> sexual tension. There's a very great interview of some dude sitting on his couch in L.A. interviewing Lisa Welchel, and he's gay and she's lovely. Um, yeah, though though very Christian and but, Republican, but 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 gay friendly, but just a real Christian. Yeah. Like, and she talks about it on the show. Yeah. But he says, um, he says, can we just talk about Joe and Blair? It was like, you guys were a married couple. <laughs> and she addresses it and she talks about it and she's like, and if that's what people saw, then that's what people saw. Yeah. You know? Sure. But anyway. Um, so she's looking gorgeous. <clears throat> she's looking. And just her pert little 16 year old titties are just they are, so They right. are up to her chin. And just lovely. And she probably doesn't have a bra on. Probably not. Probably not. Probably had to turn the heat on. Yeah. So we didn't get. Headlights from a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> Chicken's or done. Band-aids over him or something. But she's and got this. I want to reiterate: we are two gay men, so it is not yeah. misogynistic or inappropriate that we are pointing out. I how a very genuinely clear, beautiful she was. Like Linda Carter and oh Lisa Welcher were the only two women I actually like thought about in that way. 
<laughs> oh, see, I never thought about them. Other oh, than, I wanted to be. I mean, I was aware so they were bad. I was aware that, and I had I had a Farrah Fawcett poster and a Linda Carter poster, but I didn't know what it meant to be your boyfriend when yeah. I thought these thoughts. Yeah, you thought I, you get I to do her like, hair, and yeah, we get to hang out, and she's gonna spin around, and I get like, to wear outfits. She, I, she, I could, she could take her clothes off, and I could put other clothes on her, right? And I could dress her up, <laughs> but she's so, just gorgeous. She is, and um. She's Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett calls her a slut. <laughs> she basically slut shakes her. It's like the door slams and she's like, let's get real, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to wreck you, 16 <laughs> year old girl. <laughs> like, you calling my little friend a lesbo. Oh, no, you did. Maybe that's why they now ask for people like her in her position to have like child psychiatry degrees because <laughs> uh, this probably maybe. isn't the best yeah, way maybe even a, uh, an associates in social work uh, something even something childhood yeah, education even, yeah, from DeVry we'll take it but just <laughs> something care. because yeah she basically conflict resolution doesn't mean making the other girl feel like a slut <laughs> exactly but the technique and and it but you know what by it god works. it works <laughs> it, down a, it was very andy griffith show way of doing it but what she was doing was she was saying well because you're dressed so pretty like that clearly you're a girl on the move and you do a lot of stuff with and she's like i don't i'm not that kind of and she's like well it's all just a, it, she basically is saying well blair appearances can be deceiving and you shouldn't judge people based on how they appear. Right. Because right now you appear like you a appear fucking You appear like you're whore. selling your shit. Yeah. <laughs> and little boys named David and Matthew would clearly buy it. Would clearly buy it and not know what to do <laughs> yeah, with Yeah, exactly. And, they're, and they are also underage at this point, so it's completely appropriate. Oh, yeah, there were no felonies happening. <laughs> this is the 70s. It was the Please. decade of love. <laughs> So, um, so that's her teaching Blair her lesson and putting her in her place. And very quickly... And in 22 minutes, Blair can hug a lesbian and not feel bad about it. Exactly. So, everything is good. The festival happens. The girls come back. Nope. We now get to see Cindy in her dress looking like a girl. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And... She is up for Harvest Queen, but she loses to yep. Blair, which is a nice little... yeah. Touch well, of reality. They let's could, be real. I was gonna say they couldn't make it. That that's that would be pushing it, you know. Which is an interesting thing to me because, like, of the four girls throughout the whole episode, the whole series, we're kind of taught to, that Blair's kind of a bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet, always when. Winning beauty pageants, always winning oh, talent yeah. shows, always winning the leading and the star in the show. Like, yeah, she's always kind of the most popular girl yeah. too. She's, the, I mean, why they write her to be such a condescending bitch <laughs> then? Why did she a little bit she, nice? We, you know what? In the Trump era, maybe we need to bring back Blair Warner as the symbol for white entitled. They're rich, bringing the back one, the Golden Girls. No, with Lisa Welch. No. The owner or the own network is retooling it oh. with an all black cast. And oh. I don't know if it's true or not, but Cicely it's still on Facebook. Um, is she still alive? Felicia Rashad is Dorothy. Oh, no. Did we learn nothing from Steel Magnolia? And I don't remember who from, the other people were, but they're black. We, we learned nothing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm saying, I don't mean to sound like uh, that. Yeah. Like, no, nothing, there's nothing wrong black. with, with black. It's, it's, black. It's, it's the retool. But did we learn nothing from Steel Magnolias oh, with no. Queen Latifah? No, we didn't. Again, a movie that no one wanted, did not need to be made. 
Again, nothing to do with the racial component. It's just, why did you, why? Anyway, moving on. Um, so why, why did we get on that? They're remaking Cindy. Oh, and to the last bit of it was Cindy goes to Mrs. Garrett and says, well, the boy at the dance winked at me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? <gasps> Your time clock started ticking. <laughs> and she's like, yep. And you watch and, that now, thinking they're going to talk about period. Yeah, you're like, so did did you have a carry in the shower moment? <laughs> no, but that's it. And you even said to me, you said, so are they talking about periods? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think they just mean about, again, at some point, the normal part of you will kick in because teenagers are abnormal mm-hmm. and gays are abnormal. So the two often go yeah. hand in hand. It'll go away. Yeah. It'll just, you know. Do its thing. Anyway, so everything gets wrapped up. But I, I do want to say about Lisa Welchel, about mm-hmm. I think what makes her so appealing as Blair, and the writers did support this. This episode is really a good introduction to her because, like you say, she is the condescending bitch. She is snobby and privileged and entitled. But when the chips are down, the thing is she's she does have a heart underneath all of that. Yeah. And they, they really, I mean, she's not Sue Sylvester on Glee, where you were like, you are an irrevocably irredeemable, see you next Tuesday. Yeah. You are a horrible human being. Even in the moments when they try to make you look human, it's like, no, the bad shit you do yeah. is just beyond varsity level offenses yeah. to humans. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm very opinionated about Glee, because I... That's a show I love to hate. Um, but no, and, and Lisa Welchel was so appealing as a performer and so goddamn beautiful. Mm. So we just love that. It's They very smartly latched onto that. I think that was a good move, and that's one of the things they did get right in this. As the series progresses, I'm probably going to be like, oh, here's where they start fucking up, Blair. Well, I feel like she got, even as she got older, like Natalie, she she got her own little comic chops going. Oh, oh, totally, yeah. And, and you know, and we haven't, you realize, you know what we do not have yet? We do what? not have the catchphrases. Remember we had What You're uh, Talking yeah. About, Willis? Was well, like, because they're like, who are we going to give a catchphrase to? Well, the black girl, because we had Dynamite for Jimmy Walker. That doesn't we, come until um, the um, marijuana episode. Is that first season There's or second season? Be trouble. trouble. Yeah. But we also have Blair. This is one of my. Well, clearly, I need to come up with one of my brilliant ideas. Yeah. And uh, and girls, girls was sort of a thing, but that was, that was it. It was just those three. There were no. Yeah. But the catchphrases, and it's interesting that they. Well, I guess maybe they were trying to see what organically would, come because you know you can't force it. You no. just can't force that stuff. No. But that, it clearly did happen. They're like, oh. That's it. Trouble. That's the 2D thing. Yeah. We're, we've got our next What You Talking About, Willis. Yeah. Um, I look forward to my first discovery of that in the future. Um, so the this episode is done. This has been lovely. <laughs> has it been? Yes. Is it? Yes. Has it been? Yes. So, okay. So as a um, sort of, uh, just a, a quick, like, last thing, you, you did watch the show growing up mm-hmm. in its first run. How and, dare you? And I, I did too. I'm, bitch, I'm not calling you out for any age stuff. But. Go on. <laughs> uh, so it was, I'm just, I'm just always curious what the show meant to people. So I watched it and I 
like I always say that to me the seventies, this now I'm calling it a seventies show. The seventies were so weird because there were so many shows with women at the helm. We had one day at a time, we had Alice, we had one. And yet Woman, this was the Charlie's first Angels. show where the entire cast was female. Well, me had Mr. Bradley though. Um or the the entire lead cast. Yeah. Especially in the second season. Yeah. When Once we it, got it rid was of the first that dead show wood, yeah. that ever did that. Wow. That didn't have boys. Huh. You'll have to have a special, like, a very special episode about the spin-off attempts. There were, like, seven different spin-off oh, the attempts. The entire but... final season is, like, a barrage <laughs> like, please, of somebody... backdoor pilot, backdoor pilot, backdoor pilot. They're yeah. like, please, we don't, we, we, we want the work. We don't want, we want to stop this show, but we don't want to stop working. Natalie wants to stop this show, but she's open to another one. Yeah. It's, um, I, I'm going to New York. I'm going <clears> to <throat> hang out in a bohemian apartment. With David Spade. With um, and uh, uh, what's his name? The guy, Richie Richard Grieco, Grieco, is that the name? From Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, I think it's that was Johnny Depp. Is Richard Grieco in that too? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so what did facts of life mean to me? Yeah. Now this is where I have my Blair moment. Yeah, have your Blair moment. Um. I had zero friends. Hmm. So. My world mm-hmm. revolved around TV mm-hmm. and um, my imagination. Mm-hmm. So I was Same in you. my head. Um, every Friday, I would get to hang out with my friends. Oh. And when it was in syndication at like ten a.m., mm-hmm. I would if I was sick at home <gasps> from school. Fuck yeah! Like it just it was. Uh, a happiness that and a comfort level. Oh yeah, that I had that I didn't have anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm I have a real hard time with final episodes. Oh, like <clears throat> I'm happy that this show didn't really have a final episode. Yeah, agreed. and that it fin- and it actually to me the final episode was when Mrs. Garrett left. Agreed. And so, yeah. um, but like I can't watch the Golden Girls final episode. Oh. Because it's I, devastating, especially being so close to B, it's difficult to watch. Yeah, but it um. So it was like hanging. It was literally like hang, getting to hang out with my friends. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I totally, I absolutely feel that. I was the same way. I again, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I would assume you were not a very athletic child. Mm, no. Yeah, I was not either, and so because typically the boys played sports and stuff in my neighborhood and I did have two friends that were neighbors but they moved away when I was probably you know second or third maybe third or fourth grade and at that point it was like well I I don't have any other neighborhood friends I had friends at school but with with that with their departure I dove I immersed myself in television it was the same thing it was like you know going to it was hanging out with your friends and it was, it was this thing you could count on and it was, and it, and it involved expanding our creative minds. It was in many ways our education Mm. because we grew up to be comedic actors and I know so much of my comic timing is, is watching John Ritter on Three's Company or, or even, I mean, Indy Cohn or uh, we will find later in this series, Mackenzie Aston. He is fucking awesome. You just had a crush on him. And I I didn't really watch 
watched the shows when he was on it. Uh, and I was and I was in college at that point. That's really creepy. Is this when Cinnamon was on? What? Remember when Cinnamon was no, on? No, I do. Oh, I, oh my God. I you dread. up by this I time. dread when I oh have God, to. Oh, God. The episodes of this covering seasons eight and nine are I know. I, I know. I'm, it's funny. You I'm hunkering do down. all in one season. <laughs> in I'm, I'm hunkering down on season one like this is going to be the slog. I forget oh, eight and nine are going to be. It's going to be tough. Wait till Natalie loses her virginity. Oh, I, that snake, one I can't wait for. To snake. <laughs> to snake. Oh, what was oh god? Anyway, this I has totally. Been fun. This is this has been. I hope uh, it is my intention that you will be back. Whether What's the outro music and so the outro music will be edited in later. Oh, okay. And everything, but for now we can just say goodbye. Thank that you, Matthew Arter. I love you, darling. I love Mwah. you too. So that was Matthew Arter. God, he's so fucking funny. He makes me laugh so bad. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back. Share me with your friends. You can rate and review and subscribe it on your favorite podcatcher. You can write to me, comment on social media. The show is everywhere on the internet, and it's all branded under Face the Facts Pod. You have to drop the let's, and it's just Face the Facts Pod. So, website, facethefactspod.com. Email, facethefactspod at gmail.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three handles, Face the Facts Pod. Next week, I'm back with Season 1, Episode 2, Like Mother, Like Daughter, with my guest and my good friend, Martin Kunz. I hope you will join me. Thank you so much for listening to this show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you.